Now that first reading is so interesting, but it's, it's almost um, devastating. It's the prophet Isaiah speaking during the Babylonian captivity <clears throat> about people coming back home. When, when Jerusalem and all of Israel was destroyed and the Babylonians took the people off to Babylon, they were devastated, they were heartbroken, they, had, they lost their faith, probably in themselves and God as well. Isaiah, in chapter 54, uh, these chapters, Isaiah spans many years, hundreds of years, not that, that one author, but those who spoke or wrote in his name or were his followers. So there's many books to Isaiah and many chapters to Isaiah. That's why you have things that, that are announcing the coming of the Messiah, and they're not related to Jesus. He knew somebody was coming, but the Messiah. And at the end of the chapter, you also have um, the, the heartbreaking songs of, of Jesus being tortured. Again, not Jesus, but the, the person who was coming on behalf of God. And you hear that especially during Lent. But, so this first part, up to chapter 54, is looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. But he places it in a very interesting context. He places it in a family context, and he uses the metaphors of family life and betrayal as a symbol of how the people of Israel betrayed God. Again, don't forget, this is Isaiah looking at the signs of the times and writing his, his inspirational words. And... At this point, he's already acknowledged that the reason Babylon conquered you, he's checking, telling the people of Israel and their king, because you were unfaithful. So you were unfaithful to God, just like, as, and he uses a woman, a woman is unfaithful to her husband. And the ramifications of that are horrible. Destroys family life, destroys contact and, and, and trust, and it goes on and on. He says, but now... God sees your wounds, he sees your hurt, he sees your pain, and he sees your reconciliation and your attempt to make peace with him. So now, Isaiah says, raise a glad cry. And he uses, again, a woman's physique. You who were barren are barren no longer you will bear fruit. Again, the metaphor he's using, the people weren't bearing fruit. They weren't growing. They were barren. And in the Old Testament, if a woman was de declared barren, and like Elizabeth, we know Jesus' aunt, uh, was barren before John the Baptist was born to her. And it was looked upon almost like, like a curse. If a woman couldn't produce and give children to her tribe or her town or husband, she was looked upon as cursed. It, of course, that's a simplistic version of it, but that, that's, that's what was going on. So the people of Israel are looked upon as barren. You can't give me anything. But God is calling them back and saying, more numerous are the children of the deserted wife than the children of her who has a husband. So I'm going to give you more children than you can stand. Again, with, using the metaphor of a woman giving birth, 
but he's also speaking to the people of Israel. And they were devastated. They were decimated. I'm going to give you more people than you could ever imagine. And he says, again, you've got to think of it both ways, enlarge your tent because you're not going to have enough room in your tent for all the kids I'm going to give you. I think of a mother, mother thinking that I can imagine. Right? But again, it's a metaphor of beauty, of, of family life. And, and Isaiah is saying, God is speaking to you. God's going to give you great numbers. Now go back to, to uh, Abraham when God told him to leave Ur and founded a new people. He said, I will make your descendants as many as the sands, the grains of sand along the shore. So the, the, the multiplication idea is very important for family life and for tribes. Israel was composed of many tribes. And if your family had no kids, you had nobody to go out in the field, take care of your, your, your crops or your cattle. So you need a lot of kids. Okay, And then Isaiah, through this reading, beautiful, beautiful reading, says, your shame, I'll forget. Again, don't forget, they were barren. So he's looking at the people of Israel. Your shame, I'm going to forget. Because you, you, really, you really rejected me. You really hurt me. I mean, this is Isaiah and my interpretive interpretation of Isaiah. You really hurt me. And now... I'm going to bring you back. Forget all the stuff you did in the past. Forget all of that. Because I'm going to forgive you. And no longer will I reproach you. And, again, metaphorically, the person speaking to you is your husband. God puts himself forward as the husband of Israel. And no longer just a husband. He is your maker. He is called the Holy One of Israel, God. And then it continues, beautiful, beautiful metaphors of God recovering us. So, in the New Testament, we have the scene where the apostles of John are going to Jesus. Jesus, are you the Messiah? He's sending them back to John. The whole movement is, I think, one of God reaching out to us and pulling us back both in the New Testament and the Old, when Jesus is saying, would you go out to see a, a weed, something waving in the wind? John the Baptist? No, no. You went out to see a great prophet. What's he, what's he prophesying? The coming of the Messiah. And that's our goal. It's in the readings of the Old Testament, that's our goal. Being faithful, getting ready for the Messiah who's coming to us. In, in John, uh, Jesus' dialogue with the apostles, the goal is get ready for the Messiah. And John is in prison at this point. Don't worry about John. As, as great as he is, the least person in my kingdom is greater than him. And he loved John. John was his cousin. John was his, his advocate. John was his uh, precursor. So there was a great deal of theology going on here and simplicity. And then Jesus goes back to Isaiah. Remember in Isaiah it said, Behold, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare. That's John. So who'd you go out to see? You went out to see not a guy in the prison, not a guy baptizing 
dressed in animal clothes, you went out to see my messenger. And that's us. That's our role today, to be messengers of Jesus, to be messengers of him. And during this Christmas season, it's not Christmas yet, but, but people are inspired. You know, I mean, go back to um, Scrooge, you know, the, um, the Christmas carol. In one scene, the, the, the nephew says to Scrooge, oh, it's the season of giving and people's hearts are warm. And, and yeah, and that still applies. That was 1800s. And that, still, that still applies to us. People get a little more generous now and a little more caring and they give a, little, a few more bucks to the poor and, and raising funds and so on. And yet there's a great deal of poverty and yet there's a great deal of hunger and yet there's a great deal of hate. So see the conflict that Jesus came into and we are still in? We're here to be his messengers, to be a light to the world, to be messengers who bring the word of God to others. And there's going to be a lot of people who don't believe in us, or who don't believe in our ministry. It's the time of Jesus. The Pharisees questioned him, but they weren't going to go near John. They, they, they did not believe in his baptism of repentance. So just as in the time of Jesus, he was rejected, John was rejected, we're messengers of Jesus. We should be rejected. And in that rejection, we have strength. We have strength. I said to someone yesterday about therapy, because I'm a family therapist, she says, you're tough, you're difficult, you know, but, but, but I see your point and it, and it makes a difference when I take your direction and, and apply it to my life. Not like some of those other therapists I had was, who were so nice. <laughs> my reaction is, be careful of the ones that everyone loves and is nice to everybody because they're phony and incapable, pure and simple. Be comfortable with the person who declares, and I'm not saying the only, but declares the truth of the matter. And that's what John did, that's what Jesus does, and that's what we have to do. Truth of the matter is, we're going to be persecuted for being messengers of Jesus. 